So what I want to do is, I want to use this 2 Thessalonians, we're going to start reading verse 1, and we want to talk about what happens with an S on it when we believe. And I'm going to show you something happens when you believe the truth. So that means you're going to have to know what the truth is. Then something happens when you believe a lie. Now, he's not talking about somebody lied. He's talking about the lie. All right, so we're going we're gonna to really look at this today. Because something happens either way. And that's what I want to get over to you today. You just can't just go, go to churches where people are teaching the wrong doctrine and you're just going along with it. All right? Now, so let's look at this. What happens when we believe? Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We all, of, all of us should be there by now. And verse 1. Now, now when you listen at this Paul letter to Thessalonians, not, not to us. You got to get that out of your head. It's to them. All right? This letter is 2,000 years old. All right? Now, now when we beseech you, brothers, Paul's letter to them, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That is his conclusion. Now, what we want to we look at as I come to this camera mode, we want this is our setting. It's A.D. 50. And Paul has been ministering now back in chapter 13 of the book of Acts. So we're going to look at him about eight to ten years he's been in his ministry. Now, we know Jesus died in A.D. 30. Paul been a persecutor of the church. Paul now is going to give you all the information God has given him. When you go back and look at what he's going to give us, when I get to 1 Corinthians 15, he's going to give us the first fruits of the resurrection. So what we want to understand that all the people during the time of Christ was raised from the dead. We talked about that in the teaching already. Well, we showed you those people that were in the graves were raised when Christ was raised. Now, there were two sides of hell. We showed you that. That's why you had to be able to keep up with us. There's a side that called Abraham's bosom, and there was a side that called hell itself, which was torment or the lake of fire. Abraham's bosom at that time was under the earth or in the earth called paradise. And we know that paradise was moved. We know that because the Apostle Paul called it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the third heaven. So we know that and he said the third heaven and he called it named paradise. So we know God moved it. So we know the answer to the problem and the question that God gave. But I'm not dealing with that right now. So what I want to do today, I want to, I want to be able to go and show you your salvation and why it's so important for you to believe. Now, we're going to go back and look at the first step. So when you read this, they were wondering what happened to the one that died after Christ raised from the dead. Look at Ephesians 4 and verse 8 and 9. What happened to those believers after Christ rose from the dead? And from here, we're going to go back to Matthew chapter number uh, 
27 and verse 51. But that's next. We'll go to Ephesians 4, 8 and 9 first. Then we're going to go back to Matthew 27 and verse 51. So you have to be able to see the different people. So that's why they're asking them now, what about us now? Talking about the people from Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the people who have died from A.D. 30 to A.D. 57. I'm sorry, A.D. 51. Which has been 20, 21 years. What's going to happen to us when the Lord comes? That's what Paul is answering here. So, uh, in Ephesians 4, 8, the Bible says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The next verse says, He that descended, ascended on high. I'm away for the next verse, right? He that ascended, what it is that, but he also descended first into the lower part of the earth. So why did he go into the last part of the earth? From here, I'm going to go to Matthew 27, 51. All right. I'm talking till you get there, right? Now, we see he led captivity captive. These captives were led captivity captive. He led them out of paradise. Remember that. Remember Jesus told him in John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So we know where Christ is today. Christ is in paradise. Or should I say Christ is in heaven? Christ is in the kingdom of God. I'm going to go and show you that before I get in my message. So you have to understand the setting. So Matthew, in Matthew 27, 51, and behold, the veil of the tomb was running twain when Jesus died on the cross from the top to the bottom and the earthquake and the rock rent. But what happened at that time? The graves were open. Many body of the saints, which were Jews, which slept arose. Now we showed you that in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 8 and 9, he said that that's who they were. The Lord had let the captive go free. Now these people, the next verse told you where they went to. I believe this verse is natural and spiritual. The next verse, in verse number 10, Ephesians 4 and verse 10, told you where they went. Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27. If I read 51, if I keep reading, you'll tell you where he went to. Yeah, we're waiting on the screen, though. See, they have to do it in the back. I want my audience to see this. Matthew chapter number. Let me get my Bible here. 27, 53. And verse 20, in chapter 27, verse 53, told you what they, told you what they went to. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection. And they went into the holy city. They came out of the grave, went into the holy city, and appeared to many. So it just wasn't they went into the holy city. They appeared to many. So the people saw them after they rose from the dead. Now, I believe this is the same people Paul talked about in Ephesians 4, 8, 9. Because he had, he, Paul says, he, he, he 
He led captivity. These people was already in paradise. Now you understand, look at John 14 before we go any further. The Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 1. You, you hear Jesus saying this, now you know what he meant. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. Now we have to understand what he's talking about. Our many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Here's the verse. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am. Now we know he's in the Father. But where I am, there ye may be also. Now, where is he? And I'm going to be able to get my message. Let's go to the book of Hebrew. Where is he right now? The Bible says he's seated. Let's go to Hebrew chapter number one first. And then we go to 12. Hebrew chapter one. So you have to know where he is now. This is why it means so much to know you're saved. Hebrew chapter number one. Now I say what I'm saying to this body and all the people watching us on the podcast and Facebook that you don't sorry not. The Bible says sorry not as others which have no hope. And we're going to show you that. See, God don't want us in the graveyard when somebody's gone. I mean, that's what happened when the people came to the grave when Jesus died. Remember that? And the angels waited and told them he is not here. And then he said this to them, why seek the living among the dead? That was a good question. Otherwise, what are you doing here? All right. Now, in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1, here we go. God, who has sundry times and divers manners, spake in time past unto the fathers, the Bible said, by the prophets. Had, past tense, in the last days, 2,000 years ago, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, looks like a resurrection body to me, huh? An express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, told you where he is, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The word majesty is God's throne. Now let's go to a deeper net. Let's go to chapter 12. And chapter 12 will tell you where he is. Now, if you know where he is, then you know when your loved one leave here, if they're in Christ, you know where they are. All right. Then you're going to know what body they have. The Bible gave us everything. Hebrew chapter 12, that's why my teaching is what happened when we believe. See, I'm going to show you something happened when you believe the truth. Something happened when you believe a lie. I'm going to show you why people fall away. See, people fall away because they don't believe the truth. And you're going to have to understand that. Hebrew chapter 12 and verse 22. 
God told us where Christ is. Now, these people who have died, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, but you are come to Mount Zion. Now, remember, he's telling you about the believers who gone on. He's telling you where they are. But you are come to Mount Zion unto the city of the living God. So when a person gets born of the Spirit, this is where he comes to. You don't have to ever worry about them again. Just make sure that they stay steadfast in Christ and don't ever renounce him and don't go back. You are come to Mount Zion unto the city of the living God. You are come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Just like they have a natural Jerusalem over there, there's a heavenly Jerusalem. So people are not telling you that. See, you got to don't, don't get deceived. Like I said, what happened when we believe? People are telling you that Jesus is going to come back and going to get our bodies out of the ground. And then we all going to go be with the Lord until he destroy everybody who don't want God. Then we all coming back here to Jerusalem. How many ever heard that? Exactly. Those are lies. First of all, you're not going to the old Jerusalem, number one. Number two, you're not coming back in the body. He's not coming back for that body that's dead. See, if you know your body, see, if you believe in a lie, then that's where your faith at. See, your faith is not in God's word. Your faith in what people say. Watch what it says. In verse 23. Uh, verse 22 says, you'll come to heaven in Jerusalem and, and to an innumerable company of angels. He not say you're coming. you in Christ, you are come. All right. You'll come to the general assembly, the church. You'll come into where the church at. Now remember, the church is the first century church. That's what he's talking about. You'll come to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. See, that's not you. You'll come to God, the judge of all, and you will come to the spirits of just men made perfect. See, we already made perfect in Christ. Then he tell you, you are come to Jesus. He tell you what Jesus is, the mediator of the new covenant. You'll come to the blood of sprinkling. That speakers better things than are able. So this is this is where you you come when you're in Christ. All right. Now let's go and see something. Let's go to uh, First Thessalonians. We're gonna we're gonna look at First Thessalonians, but let's go to First Corinthians 15 first. Let's go back to First Corinthians 15. Let's start reading verse 42. So in First Corinthians 15 and verse 42. See, God has given us everything. But see, when you don't want the word, you listen to people and you believe a lot and it interferes with your salvation. It interferes with your faith, what I mean. And so, see, things can't happen to you unless you believe. So all this other stuff people are telling you is to get you not to believe. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to go down and start reading verse 42. Paul is talking about 
the glorified body. In verse 42, he's going to liken everything to resurrection. Then he's going to say, so also the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. Now he's telling you two different things. The Old Testament believer, their body, and the New Testament believer, totally different. See, the resurrection of the dead was the Old Testament believer. I just read that in Matthew chapter 27, verse uh, 51, they got up from the ground, they went into Jerusalem, and they were seen a minute. So that's not your resurrection. Because I can go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, and the Bible says, if you then be risen with Christ. See, you are the body of Christ. We were risen when Christ was raised. So we are studying their resurrection. That's what Thessalonians is about. So here Paul says in verse 43, 1 Corinthians 15, 43. It is sown. Now remember, they, they had to sow their bodies. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 told us if we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. If we sow to the spirit, we reap life. See, we don't sow our bodies. To sow to the flesh means you live after the flesh, you're going to die and go to hell. If you live after the spirit, you're going to die and go to heaven. That's what he's talking about. But they absolutely have to sow their own body. All right, here we go. First Corinthians. Chapter 15 and verse number 43. It is sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It is sown a natural body. See, that was not you. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and then there's a spiritual body. So you have to listen real carefully. And so it is written, the first man, Adam was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. How be it? That was not first, which is spiritual. He's talking about the spiritual body was not first, but the natural body. The first man, Adam, of the earth is earthly. That's your first body. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Two different men Two different bodies. You got your natural body from Adam. You get your spiritual body from Christ. You had to have a natural body because you want to live in the earth. A natural body is because you're going to live here. A spiritual body is because you're going to live in heaven. You can't take a natural body into the heavens. See, people are telling you that because they're telling you you're going to come back here and live. How many hear that? You're going to come back here and live on the earth. See, if you believe in a lie, you, you, you don't understand. Why, I'm going to show you what, see, what God is doing. He's giving us the word to show us what happened to people that believe the lie. This is not just, you know, well, you know, I can believe that. No, no, no. I'm going to show you, they believed a lie and their soul was damned because they would not believe the truth. So you have to understand, when you believe a lie, you're refusing to believe the truth. 
That's what you got to hear. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, let's continue. Now, Paul is going to make this very plain. In verse 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 18. That's where we're at, right? I'm, I'm sorry, 48. 1 Corinthians 15, 48 is where we're at. Watch what he says. I just read 47. The first man is of the earth, earthly, the second man is the Lord from heaven. Now verse 48. As is the earthy, such are they that also that are earthy. As is the heavenly. Now as is the earthly was the Old Testament believer. Such are they also that was earthly. As is the heavenly, you, such are also that are heavenly. See, the Bible told you that you sit together in heavenly places in Christ. God only made one body in the new covenant. And he made that one body and all of us are partake of that one bread, that one body. Okay, that means your body would be like Christ. Your first body was like Adam. All right. Now in verse number 49, here's the key. As we have born, now I'm going to want this out of the NLT when I finish reading this verse. As we have born the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I want that verse, and I'm going to read it out of the NLT. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 49. See, you've got to understand, people are teaching the word that don't know the word, and people are being led to hell. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 49. In the NLT, that's what I'm waiting on the screen. Here we go. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. How many saw that? How many can see what I'm saying? Now, just like people, what is he saying? Just as we are now like earthly man, that's flesh. Once you have your glorified body, we would be like the heavenly man. Now, the heavenly man is Christ. See, Christ gave us his body. That's why he had to come die, bed, and raise again from the dead, so we can have a body like his body. But at the same time, let's show you that, matter of fact. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. See, that's why God did this. He went to prepare a place for you, a glorified body. He wanted to make sure you have the same body he has. But the body had to already go through everything. It's like making sure it's been proofed. There's nothing can interfere with it. From here, we're going to go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 13. So here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, that's where we're at. Watch what the word of God says. If you then be risen with Christ. Now, if you're risen with Christ, then you know that what he's talking about can't be for you. If you're already risen, with Christ. You're already seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ while you're looking to be resurrected again. Does that make sense? Let me talk to the camera. I get a, I get a praise the Lord. If you're being risen, if, that's why he's asking. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. 
Not the graveyard. Where Christ sitting on the right hand of God. That's what you're supposed to be thinking about. That's your seat. You're not in the ground. You're not going to the ground. So if you know you're not going to the ground and people know you're not in the ground, what they doing at the graveyard? So I don't think y'all realize it, but boy, I tell you, I came, I go by the graveyard on the way home. And my wife would tell you, there were so many balloons. Ain't that right, wife? There were so many balloons that had blown away. And they were lying all up and down side the fence. People went out there put they put their balloons up. And they want to go out there and sit and talk to the loved ones. Well, my Bible called it talking to the dead. Which God forbid. But see, we do this stupid stuff and we think it's all right with God. It's not all right with God. When Jesus rose from the dead, he left two angels there because he knew his people were coming. They were in the Old Testament. And they said to him, what are you doing here? Why are you here looking for the dead, the living among the dead? If they're in the grave, they're dead. Let me see it again. If they're in the grave, they're dead. So that's why we're going to look at the Bible that tells us about our salvation. See, if you're in Christ, you'll never see the grave. If you're in Christ, you'll never see death. If you're in Christ, you will never see hell. If you're in Christ, you will never see the devil. See, the whole thing is to make sure you are saved and have the Holy Spirit. This is not a game. Your soul is in the banners. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 says, verse number 2. He told you Christ is on the right hand of God. Then he says, set your affections on things above. That's plain and simple. Then he turned around and said, not on things of the earth. And then he's going to hit your heart. For you are dead. So if you're already dead, buried and raised again from the dead. He started off saying if you're risen with Christ, verse 3 say you're dead. So you already died, you already been buried, already raised from the dead because that's what Christ did for us. His death is my death, his burial is my burial, his resurrection is my resurrection. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Where's my life? My life is here with Christ in God. So now Christ is my life. The next verse is going to tell you when Christ, who is our life. Now if Christ is your life, then what are you worried about raising again from the dead and what you thinking about dying going in the grave? Christ is your life. Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father in the heaven. Christ is, can't die no more. And on and on and on. When Christ, who is our life, those people of that day, should appear. They was waiting on Christ to appear. So Paul said, look, Christ is your life now. So go write down another scripture, Galatians 2.20. We'll go, out, go there too. Watch what he said. When Christ appears, 
Then shall you also appear with him, but you're going to be where? In glory. See, all this stuff that people are telling you, don't you, don't you, don't, don't fall for it. Go, go to Galatians, back up to Galatians chapter 2. See, everything happened to Christ happened to you. Everybody's not serious about their salvation. Don't you be deceived. You got to understand, don't base your salvation because you see other people, how they live their life. And how sincere they are about their salvation. You got to die for yourself. You came in this world by yourself and you're going to leave here by yourself. I don't care how many people around you, you're going to die by yourself. So I, if I'm on, I know all that's going to happen, then I'm not going to miss out on where I'm going. It's not going to be no, just no song. This is a reality. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Watch what it says. I am crucified with Christ. Now, why am I doing that? Because I just showed you in Colossians 3, 1, if you be risen with Christ. What is he showing you? You are risen with Christ. You are dead with Christ. You are crucified with Christ. Everything happened because he did everything after us and for us. Say, Christ, Christ. did everything for me and as me. Right. So what God saw was he dying for me. He dying as me. So when I accept his death, death, and resurrection, then God sees that as, well, Christ died for you. You don't have to die for yourself. Christ was buried for you. You don't have to bury for yourself. Christ rose from the dead for you. You don't have to rise for yourself. It's already completed in Christ. It's just like having a will already, already written out. See, when you got a will, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen after you're dead. You don't have to worry about what the people are going to do after you're dead. It's already been in the will. And so that's what God's will is. I'm in his will. How many is in his will? Exactly. You don't have to worry about writing your own. You're in his will. All right, Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Why? Because Christ is my life, Colossians chapter 3, right? He lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Christ lives in me now. Say that with me, Christ lives in me now. Come on, say it to yourself again. Christ, Christ lives in me now. Lives. Right. See, he's living his life in me. So you don't have to live the life no more. Christ lived the life through you. So you have to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit because God wants to live his life through you. That's the grace life. See, everything by grace. So that's why it's not hard or it's not complicated. Because God lives his life through me. So only thing I can do is grieve the Holy Spirit, frustrate the Holy Spirit, keep him from doing what he want to do in me. So all I need to do is submit myself to his will and let him live his life through me. That's what I got to do. All right. Now, let's go where now? I told you we're going to go another place. First Thessalonians 4, I think, right? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. We're on our way to our message. We, we give you some, some good stuff here. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So I don't want you to be ignorant. That's why Paul kept saying to the church, don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. So you got to separate that. If not, you think he called them ignorant brothers. You'll catch on in a minute. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. See, all this in Thessalonians, we're looking at back there in AD, AD 50, 51 now. Remember the time. And when you read this, all of this has already happened. Don't let nobody deceive you. Because when you believe a lie, you have been deceived. If you take a note. So you have to understand, when you believe truth, the truth edifies you. It builds you up. It gives you hope. But when you believe a lie, you've been deceived. It's an awesome thing for, for people to preach, preach the wrong stuff, and you believe it. All right. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we're at now, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, comma, brethren, comma. So he's not calling me ignorant brothers, right? He, I don't want you to be ignorant. But he said, concerning them which are asleep. Now you got to understand the period of time he's talking about now is when Jesus died and raised again from the dead. From the time Jesus died, buried and raised again from the dead. From that time forward. Because remember, Jesus already went into uh, the grave that all those who were in believers, they already been raised from the dead. They already was the first fruit of them that slept. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Hold, hold your finger right here. Go back to 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. We're going to read that out of the NLT. Yes, Lord. We're going to read that out of the NLT. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to go back to verse number 20, because I want to I show you something here. 1 Corinthians 15, out of the NLT. I'm going to go back to verse number 20. But in fact, are you there? All right, NLT said, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. He is a, he's the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Verse number 21 said, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. So when Christ was raised from the dead, the resurrection has begun. So when somebody tell you 2,000 years later, it has not happened yet, it begun 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't finished yet. So all of those people who followed Jesus during his ministry are still in the grave. Because he promised those people, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that believeth in me shall never die. And now all of a sudden, he didn't keep his promise. Now, my Bible told me already in 2 Corinthians 1, 
that all the promises. I'll go there next. I won't mess that up. We'll go there next. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22. 21, I'm sorry. So you see, just as death came in the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, which is Christ. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Now, if they're given new life, then that has to happen in Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. They were given new life. But then the next verse says, but there's an order to the resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Now here's your point. If Christ is raised as the first to the harvest, why would God stop the harvest? You have to know the, the feast days. If you know the feast days, you can know pretty much what month Christ came back in. In the book of Leviticus, not going there right now, you can write it down. In the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus, 23, 24, and 25, you have the feast days. And I'm going to show you in the word of God that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he ended the feast days. So there's no more feast days. I'm going to have to show you that now. So you got people still trying to keep the feast days. Jesus died on the cross. He ended the law. Feast days were given to the Jews under the law. But I know that's not enough. Show it to me, Pastor. Let's go to work. Let's go to the book of Hosea. See, the key is people don't study. And that's the thing. And so when they don't know, it's because they don't study. And if they do study, they ain't studying with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the shortest chapter in the book of Hosea. And that's chapter 3. The book of Hosea. Now when I get to the when I get to the uh, to this to teach it, I'm going to show it to you. Now, I'm going to get my wife this assignment. In the book of Hosea, you'll see the word feast days in your concordance. Just give me that verse so I, I get to it in a minute. Let's go here to Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read this out of the King James Version while I'm there. All right, here we go. Then saith the Lord to me, go yet love a woman, beloved her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. So, Hosea is a picture. I'm talking to this camera. Hosea is a perfect picture of God the Father and his wife. He is using the book Hosea. Everything God did in the Old Testament, he used prophets. The prophets had to demonstrate everything naturally so they couldn't miss it. So he's going to 
use this prophet, he's going to have her to go get a woman named Goma. And, she ha- and he's going to get her because she's already living in sin. He's going to show her as God's wife, Israel. See, God's wife was Israel. So when you, when you see God came, got his people, he came, got his wife. So you have to understand the Bible has Israel, the fathers, and you have Israel, the children. And you have to know the difference. Moses brought the fathers out of Egypt. But the children went into the promised land. So you have to know the difference between that. That's why you have Leviticus chapter 26. God ministry to the fathers. Then you have Deuteronomy chapter 28. God ministering to the children. So you have to see two different covenants. Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28. It'll say the same thing, but God told the fathers and they died. Now he's telling the children in Deuteronomy 28. So everything in the Bible is done by God. He ministered to them by the prophets. So here's Hosea. He has to go to Israel and he has to find this woman, Goma. And she's already been used in prostitution. But he said, I want you to marry her. She's beautiful. She's a prime example of Israel, my wife. And then I want you to Marry her and you're going to have a son. And every one of your children is going to mean something. Your first son is going to be named Jezreel. Now, because I'm going to fight a battle in the valley of Jezreel. And I'm going to let them know because I'm going to do it through your son, Jezreel. I'll teach this a little later. Then there's another time. He said, after that, now go marry, go get another woman. You're going to get her pregnant again and she's going to name her daughter Laura Amar. Now you're going to find out that I want you to tell Israel you are no more my wife. You're no more my people. And I will not be your God. That's going to be the name of your child. Then after that he's going to say now you go out and you get another, another son, another daughter and you're going to name, name that with another son, I'm sorry, name them Amar. Because now I'm, uh, she's going to repent. I'm going to go buy her. I'm going to go and redeem her. And I'm going to bring her back. And she's going to be my wife again. So when, when, when God went through the whole process, that's the process of Israel. Three children. But is how God dealt with Israel. You're my people. You're not my people. Then I'm going to die on the cross. You're going to be my people again. I'm going to redeem you. So that's why he came to his own, but they didn't receive him. So you have to look at the marriage. So now I'm getting ready to read Hosea chapter number three, because I want to show you what's going to happen here. In Hosea chapter three and verse one, then said the Lord to me, go yet and love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulterous woman, talking about Israel, according to her to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. See, this is why I say to people, do not involve yourself in the Greek culture because 
You may say, well, it's nothing. I'm just, you know, joined joined this thing while I was in college. But each one of those fraternities has a Greek god over that fraternity. You're not just joining a fraternity. You are committing. You have to absolutely get down and commit yourself. You can't join till you're fully committed. You have to commit yourself to that fraternity. You have to be with them when you can't even be with your husband and wife. If they have something in Michigan and they let you know you got to miss church because you got to be there. It's a commitment. You can't join until you're committed. And then they have to brand you. So how do you go know if you're a part of that? You can show them the mark where you've been branded that on your body. So you tell people you sold your soul to Satan. I don't want you to be deceived. I'm not going to sit by your pastor and let you die and go to hell. I won't do it. I'm going to be like Hosea. I'm going to come after you with all I got. Make no difference who you are. You cannot be in that unless you worship false gods. If you're in that, you're worshiping false gods. There are nine fraternities. And there are nine Greek gods, one over each one of those fraternities. Which one are you worshiping? See, this is what God was mad with Israel about. They, they wanted God... But they wanted the world too. And they wonder why God wasn't hearing their prayers. In the next chapter, God said in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And watch what he says. I'm going to read that, Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. Watch what he says. I will also reject you. That you'll be no priest to me. This is what he told Israel. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I would also forget your children. This ain't just about you. Because if you are in it, your children probably will be too. How are you going to tell your children not to do something when you're doing it? See, this is why people can't come to church. They're busy. Serving other gods. Worshiping idols. And then it says, as they will increase. Always watch how good God been to them. Hallelujah. As they increase, so they sin against me. Therefore, I would change their glory into shame. That's why I'm crying out. And I'll never stop crying out until you come out. So that's what God said to the children of Israel. Come out from among them and be separate. I'm going to go to that one in just a moment. I'll be go there. Hosea chapter 2. 
We'll go there. Let's finish. Let's go to Hosea chapter 2. Hosea chapter 2 right now. And we'll, we'll pick it up. Let's go to verse 8. Hosea chapter 2 verse 8. Let's start there. I hope you don't mind about, about me uh, indulging. Yeah, I had one brother sit down and talk to me the other day and said, Pastor, it's deeper than that. When they walk into a place and they're in high rank and they give, they sign. If you're in there, you got to see them before you leave. They just gave you the sign. If they're having something in Michigan and they let you know about it, you can't come to church something. You got to be there. You committed to that more than you are to God himself. And people want to know what, what, see, we are learning what God did to Israel and hope that would change us. All right, we're in Hebrew, uh, Hosea chapter 2 and verse 8. Let's, let's see. Now, he, he already gave her this girl. But watch this in verse 8 says, she did not know that I gave her corn. I gave her wine. I gave her all. I gave her the mother tooth. I gave, I multiplied. I'm the one multiplied her silver. I'm the one multiplied her gold. Which they prepared for idols because to be in, to be in it, you have to pay your dues. Just to be involved, you got to pay over $2,000 a year just to be a member. So you can see why people can't give to the Lord. We're trying to pay off a church. People over here spending their money trying to be a part of a sorority. And then they'll tip God like God's all right. Why am I fussing? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can guarantee that. All right. But I'm not fussing. I'm just warning you. Okay, here we go. Watch what God said to Israel. Therefore, I return and I take away my corn. In the time thereof, I take away my my wine in the season thereof. And I'm going to recover my wool and my flax, given to cover your nakedness. And now I will discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. None shall deliver her out of my hand. I would also call all her mercies, her feast days, Listen to me now. I would also cause her mercy seat. I would call her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbath, and all her solemn feasts. I'm going to cause them to end. I'm going to destroy her vines. I'm going to destroy her fig trees. Where well, she has said, these are my rewards that my lovers has given me. I will make them turn up as a forest and the beast of the field shall eat them. I would also visit upon her days, her, the days of Balaam, when she burned incense to them and decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. She went after her lovers 
and she forgot me, said the Lord. That's what happened to Goma. That's what happened to Israel. And they increased. God blessed them and prospered. You know what they do? They lead church. Got something else to do. Got to clean my car today. Got to go to the car wash. Got to wash my car, shine my tires. My, my new rim got to shine. Got to get that done. I got to go work tomorrow. Go late, look, chapter three. We're done. Here's chapter three. Chapter three. And verse number two. Chapter three of Hosea, Hosea chapter two. So I bought her to me. See, this is what, when Christ came, when Christ came, he redeemed her. I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, for a homer, for a barley, for a half homer of barley. I said to her, thou shalt abide with me many days. This is why you have Leviticus, I mean, uh, First Thessalonians. This is why Jesus left and was 40 days coming back. It was type 40 years coming back, like Moses left. After he brought him out of Egypt, he, he brought him there to the mountain and gave the woman a covenant. And then he went up into the mountain to get the, get the covenant sealed by God. Came back, the woman was already worshiping another God. That's what Israel did. Jesus came here, gave a new covenant to Israel. He left 40 days, he came back, there was another God in the temple. And you wonder why God would be angry? He has a reason, didn't he? And I said to her, thou shalt abide with me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for other men. So will I be for you. Isn't that the same thing he said in 2 Corinthians? Come out from among them, be separate, said the Lord of hosts. Trust not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I'll be your God, and you shall be my People said the Lord. That's the same verse right there. For the children of Israel are by many days without a king. That's what happened when Christ left. Without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, without an ephod, without a teraphim, they didn't have nothing because Christ had not come back. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king for the fear of the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. You know what the latter days are. They have already passed. My time is up. I thank you for your... Give the Lord a big hand. Come on, stand up on your feet. See, this Israel was a type of God's wife. That's why he opened up the Red Sea and let her go across on dry ground. That's why he fought all her battles. She didn't even have to fight. God fought all our battles. All he wanted was a woman who would live for him. Now we are the children of the living God. Let's learn what happened from a nation who turned against God. And now people wants to make the people over there today, the Bible can't do it. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare, I, I'm sorry, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. 
I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brothers at once. And Paul said, of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are falling asleep. And after that he was seen of James, then of also the twelve, and last of all he was seen of me as one born out of due time. Christ has already died, already been buried, already been raised again from the dead. Your faith got to be there. That's what your faith is in. And when your faith is in, mean that's what you believe for your salvation. And when you believe that, the God gives you the Holy Spirit. Hey, my time is up. I thank for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.